The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. One Life Radio is brought to you by our sponsors, great companies like Sun Warrior, the pioneers of plant-based protein. From the sun to the plant to you, go to sunwarrior.com to learn more about all the products and use the code OLR for 20% off your order. Environmedica, makers of Terraflora, a novel broad-spectrum symbiotic combining spore-form probiotics and advanced food-based ancient prebiotics. Find Terraflora and the full line of products at environmedica.com. Castor and Pollux, the new standard in pet food, the only complete line of USDA organically certified pet food. Crazy Water, infused by Mother Nature, not some random factory. Paleo Magazine, now all digital. Go to paleomagazine.com to subscribe. The Wellbeing Journal, Veg World Magazine, the International Society of Sports Nutrition, and Thorn Research. Visit our dispensary at oneliferadio.com for 20% off and free shipping. You can find more information on all of our sponsors, including links to listener discounts on the oneliferadio.com sponsor page. Thank you for listening to One Life Radio. You're in the right place. You're listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis, broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia and KMET in sunny Southern California on ABC News Talk. How are you doing, Ronaldo? Did you have a great weekend? I did. I'm doing awesome. And I want to say thank you for that pet food and those treats that you gave me on Friday oh. as well. Uh, my oh, you're cat, welcome. She enjoyed- you're welcome. Yeah, she definitely enjoyed those uh, pet treats that you gave me. Well, you know, uh, did, I, I haven't tried them yet on my cat. Um, how, how are they working out? Did, they, did your cat, like, really, really like them or just kind of sort of like them? Oh, she really, really liked them. I have to put them in this, uh, I put her, put them in this uh, her little ball that she can move around uh-huh. and get the little treats out and stuff. So I did that, and then I had to put it up because she just kept trying to eat them all up. So I had to put it on top of the refrigerator oh, yeah. like she's a kid, you know. Have have you heard of that machine where you put the treats in it and it's a camera so you can watch your cats when you're gone and then you can hook it up on the internet and like people from all over the world you can control like how many treats so uh, the person that owns the cat with this device and I can't think of the name of it someone will text me here in a minute I know um, but uh, you put treats in it and it's got a camera in it like I said so you can watch your your pets or your cat in this instance uh, um, while you're out of town or you're gone for the day and you you can hit the trigger on your phone. And send them a treat. And it is so darn funny. And so, and then, like I said, you can, you can invite other people in. And so they get to like hang out in your living room and play with your cats and shoot them treats and they can hear their voice and stuff too. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's cool. Got to find out what that is. Yeah, my, uh, I'm sure someone will text me here in just a minute. I just can't think of the name of it. But here's the thing. You have to be careful. So my daughter set one up in her bed, her old bedroom in the house while I watched her three cats while she was out of town. And I forgot about the camera. Well, I was in there naked, walking around, <laughs> no. and, and she hit me with one of the one of the treats. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so you have to you have to really uh, remember that you're on camera. Potentially, anyone can be watching. So uh, just you know, 
keep your clothes on. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But, you know, uh, we have a great show coming up today. We really do. We've got Jason Harris uh, Harris back. I am so excited. I love this guy. He is the co-founder and CEO of Mechanism, an award-winning creative advertising agency uh, whose clients include Ben & Jerry's, Peloton, OkCupid, Molson Coors, and Alaska Airlines. He is the author of the book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, 11 Habits That Will Make Anyone a Master Influencer. He is brilliant. He's got an East Coast flair. I just love this guy. You will, too, if you missed uh, the other times he's been on the show. We're going to take his book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. Uh, uh, there's four parts to it. We're going to take it piece by piece. So I'm really looking forward to it. And today uh, we're going to cover um, the first part, which is how to be original and stay original, like be yourself. And so, um, you know, I love that. And speaking of someone who's original, I've got Autumn Connolly on the line with us. Are you there, Autumn? I'm here. You're an original. They broke the mold when, when you came out, sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Well, I love what we're talking about today, too. I do, you know. So if you're first, uh, maybe this is the first time you're joining us and or maybe missed uh, Autumn in the past. Autumn Connolly lives in the Sky Islands of Arizona with her three kiddos and animal babies. She is the creator of Anvil Traditional Healing, a company dedicated to restoring microbiome health through diet and autumn is also a self-taught vegan chef, a cereal gardener, and an avid believer in and a teacher of the healing powers of meditation. You can always contact her at meditatewithautumn at gmail.com. Today, we're talking about how to get in sync with the earth in yourself. And it was inspired by me doing yoga early Saturday morning and getting back into the swing of yoga and connecting with the earth. And I was so inspired afterwards. I said to Autumn, Autumn, we should talk about this because you are an earth mama. You are the, you are the epitome of the earth mama, aren't you? I think so. Well, you know, I try to be. Well, I think that you are. I think that you have accomplished that quite truthfully. And so, you know, when when we talk about getting in sync with the earth, so what what does it mean to you to get in sync with the earth? You know, what it means to me is just to dissolve the dissolve the barriers or the boundaries between you and other living things or other seemingly inanimate things, you know, then we're not so different than the um, animal life or than the plant life or anything like that around us. And to view it as a separation, you know, puts us out on an island that makes, um, makes life confusing. Whereas when we view ourselves as part of the whole part of the macrocosm that is, then we feel a little bit more connected to everything in life. Um, it makes life easier to, um, go with the flow. It makes it easier to be one with yourself and one with the environment around you, which just overall, I think, promotes a happier state of mind. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you use the word inanimate. You know, I don't understand why we aren't more connected to the animals on the earth and, and you know, uh, have this thing, speciesism, uh, that Peter talks about. Um, I mean, that's not, I, I'm, I'm getting off the, off the topic here a little bit, but not really, because yeah. You know, when I'm, I was practicing yoga this morning out in the grass and it's funny. Um, and I got all dirty and I kind of like that. I had grass all over me and it just felt good. Like I didn't even use a yoga mat. I was out on the grass and love was coming up and he actually looked at me like, what are you doing? And he barked at me because he didn't like me being down on the grass doing a down dog. What's it called? A downward down. Down dog? Downward dog, yeah. <laughs> Downward dog. There you go. We'll see. I need some practice. <laughs> but I took the initiative and did it myself. But the thing I was going to say is I have beautiful, and people hear me talk about this all the time on the show, that I have 
hundreds of white winged doves from all over the neighborhood that come and eat in my feeder. And, you know, dove season's coming up here in um, September 1st in, in, in Dallas County. I don't know about other parts of the country, but it always breaks my heart because every year when that happens, my doves get frightened and they go away um, for a very long time. And I just wish I could protect them. I wish I could teach people out there how to be more in sync with the earth and not harm something as wonderful as a dove. They, they're so wonderful. I mean, I just, I don't understand what kind of pleasure you could, you could, you could extract from, from killing such a beautiful living thing. I know, I know it is a shame. It's, it's it's a shame. A lot of people, you know, but it 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 almost makes um, it almost makes this separation between you and when there's a separation between you and the animal life or you and plant life, it you know it creates this. It promotes the idea of ego. You know, this, the idea that you are your thoughts, that you are your mind, and when you're using your mind to guide your life rather than your heart or rather than your connection to the earth, then. Mm, you know, there's a lot of rationalities that people can, I want to say, dilute themselves into believing are the truth. And unfortunately, um, in my opinion, you know, that's that's not usually the way to find your happiness or to find your yeah. true path. It's usually just a diversion. And so, um, well, I you know, I, I try not to... Uh, that, yeah, you try not exactly to, that. You, go ahead. You try not to, <laughs> no, that's we're right. out of sync. Okay, exactly. <laughs> you, try, you try not, you know, you, you almost do feel sorry for them, you know, and it's like, it's not necessarily a feeling of sorrow so much as it is meeting them where they are. You know, everybody's on their path and they're on it and for whatever reason they are where they are. And, you know, it is, it is easy to be angry or to be disappointed or to, as you said, feel sorry for them because, you know, it's such a beautiful world when you are connected to it. And but at the same yeah. time, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's where they are. You know, let's, you know, let's just be mindful of where I'm at and let them let them find their way on their own. They, you know, they will or they won't. I guess. One or the other. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually going to protest this year. I know where they enter into this because my, my house is in the back of a, the back of it is uh, butted up against uh, or adjacent to a county property. And so I know where they how they get in. And so I'm oh, going to yeah. actually go out there and I'm going to peacefully protest um, and at least make make them think. Maybe they'll make fun of me. I don't care. But for me, I have to do something. I can't let these innocent birds that are in sync with the earth, which is what we're talking about today, um, just be murdered uh, for sheer um, fun or entertainment or whatever it is. For sport. Uh, there's no way. For sport. You know, it's just it just yeah. seems so counterintuitive to what we need right now on the planet um i i i like i said i i i want to um i i almost feel sorry for them because they're really missing out on one of the most beautiful things that life has to offer and that's our connection with the earth and the animals so you know what are the benefits um autumn of getting in sync with the earth you know, I think the benefits are, you know, I've talked about a lot about vibrational frequencies. And one of the benefits of something as simple as chanting the word OM, like you will in a lot of yoga classes, that's a vibrational frequency that the earth resonates at. So a rock or a plant or a tree, they all kind of resonate at the same frequency. So when you get more in touch with the earth and you start vibrating at a similar frequency, keep in mind these are all things that have been scientifically studied. It's not just woo-woo silliness. And when you are vibrating in sync with the things around you, it makes life have less roadblocks, you know, less mm. 
um, less hurdles for you. You know, it's almost like you're you're willing to accept where you're at or what you come in contact with and everything because you're not constantly fighting against the flow. Instead, you're going with it and you feel this connection and it makes everything else just make a little bit more sense, which is sometimes, you know, one of the difficult things in life is figuring out the hows and the whys. And if it's just all naturally part of you, then um, it makes uh, little day-to-day decisions a little bit easier. So that would lower Mm -hmm. stress, lower anxiety, promote overall well-being, you know, all the stuff that people are generally trying to tackle with something outside of themselves. Well, yeah, and your overall health, because if your mind's a mess, your body's going to be a mess. And so there's so many benefits. Right. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to go to break real quick. More coming up with, more coming up with Autumn Connolly, how to get in sync with the earth and yourself. Stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to One Life Radio. everyone. You're listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis and we have Autumn Connolly on the line with us and we have Jason Harris coming up at the half. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about his book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, Part 1, Originality. We could all use a little more of that. And speaking of original, Autumn Connolly, she is that. She lives in the Sky Islands of Arizona with her three kiddos and animal babies and she is the creator of Anvil Traditional Healing, a company dedicated to restoring microbiome health through diet She's also a self-taught vegan chef, a cereal gardener, and an avid believer in and teacher of the healing powers of meditation. You can contact her at meditatewithautumn at gmail.com. On today.com. Did you like the way I said that? <laughs> oh, my God. I like Something it. just takes over my body when I'm behind this mic, I swear. But And it's Monday, and uh, I need to take a breath, don't I, and meditate with Autumn. So how to get in sync with the earth and yourself. So we talked about the benefits of getting in sync with the earth, but what are some of the best practices to get in sync with the earth, Autumn? Oh, there's all kinds of things. You know, the simplest one that I like to talk about is just, you know, going barefoot more often, sort of like how you were saying you did your yoga this morning, actually feeling the earth Mm -hmm. rather than putting that barrier between you and it. You know, you can go for a walk and you can imagine, you know, you can imagine almost like being stuck to the earth as you walk. When I was teaching my kids this and they were younger, you know, I used to act, I used to say, you know, act like you're walking on gum, you know, so that every time your foot hits the ground, you feel, you feel the energy of the core of the earth pulling you down and just, you know, Mm -hmm. go for a mindful walk for 15 minutes where where you think that, you know, where every foot you, every step you take makes you feel 
um, pulled down to the earth. And then, you know, um, you can also do things like eat more root vegetables, things that have been grown in the earth, things that look basically like they did when the earth produced them. So apples in their full form or carrots or potatoes or anything that's grown in the dirt is really good for you. Um, mm. You can garden, you know, use using stuff from your garden instead of getting it you know, instead of letting the produce get hyper clean, you know, like stuff you get at the supermarket, you know, rinse the grid off, but leave, yeah. you know, leave some of the natural elements on there so that you're actually consuming some of the earth and, um, you know, just be out in nature more, you know, even if you don't mm-hmm. have access to a lot of outdoor space, you know, you can spend five or 10 minutes in the evening, um, just simply doing something like watching a sunset or watching birds and trees or, you know, watching ants do something, Uh just anything that kind of raises your awareness of the earth around you. Well, yeah, and it raises your immune system. You're making me think this morning I reposted something from Health Not News um, about uh, George Carlin, um, God bless his soul. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a, a comedy routine that he did about the immune system. <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> you guys should go and watch it at One Life Radio 1 on our Instagram. It is hysterical. I'm not kidding you. And it's, it's, it's about getting dirty, you know. You know, being part of the earth, uh, that's not, that wasn't, all of it for him, but it was, it was very comical, but we all do need to get dirty once in a while and be exposed to germs. That's how we, we, we practice or teach our body how to, uh, you know, fight off germs by exposing ourselves to them. I think our society, um, has become uh, way too clean, you know, a case in point, yeah. he talks about if, if someone's on death row, they, and they're about to give them a lethal injection, they, and it's kind of funny when you think about it. That's not killing someone, but but uh, or a lethal injection. But they swab their skin with alcohol first. I mean, what is the right. point, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Morbid, but uh, you know, but but you know, makes you think, makes you really think. Yeah, there's um, a lot of that unnecessary stuff going on. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, one of the things that I've always practiced, uh, and, you, you know, it comes and goes, uh, times of the year I'm better at it than others, and that's sun gazing. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about it. A lot of people think, oh, my gosh, don't promote this. You shouldn't stare into the sun, and you're right. You should never stare into the sun. But there are safe, right. safe ways to sun gaze, which really are truly beneficial for your health. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, actually, sun gazing, sun gazing is something that I got really into for a while there. And actually, just talking about it is making me um, want to get back into it because it's a pretty, it's a pretty fantastic um, little phenomenon. And it's actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, it's been studied by NASA. So sun gazing... Yeah, sun gazing, what you're doing is, you know, if you if you understand the belief or even if you accept the belief that we're all just energy, right? We're, so what's the biggest source of energy, you know, to our planet? It would be the sun. The sun. So by, yeah. by allowing the sun to kind of permeate, what it's doing is it's getting into your retina. It's going, it's going through your retina and back into your hypothalamus and your brain. And it's, you're essentially using transmuting the sun's energy into the energy that your body needs for its functionality. And it's, um, it is something that can easily be dangerous. So obviously there should be some caution. What I like to do is I close my eyes in the early morning and I turn toward the sun rather than having my mm-hmm. eyes all the way open. But if you're truly right. wanting, the true practice of sun gazing would be to wake up um, before the sun rises and be out there to meet the sun as it's rising. And then you can stare directly at the sun and the rays aren't harmful. 
But I mean, it's like you only have a very short window. I think it's about 40 minutes or so as in, mm-hmm. so that's from no sun on the horizon to sun coming up and you shouldn't look at it beyond that. But right. it does all kinds of wonderful things, you know, when your body, um, you know, right now your everyone's body gets their energy by converting food, by uh, turning food into calories, food, you know, the calories and food are energy. And um, rather than... Um, weighing your system down, you know, say you're a big athlete or you do a lot, you know, you're maybe just a mom, you know, chasing after a one-year-old like I am and you need extra energy. Unfortunately, the way that the body works is by eating food, you then have to metabolize the food to turn it from this raw food source into um, energy that your body can utilize. And that's actually a drain on your body, a drain, particularly if you have any sort of degenerative disease or any sort of chronic health to, health condition, it's making it so that your body has to divert its attention to this process of digesting food. Whereas if you incorporate sun gazing into your routine, you get this little boost. It's like, you know, your cup of coffee. It's like, you know, this little boost of energy mm-hmm. that you get, but it's all totally real and like exactly what your body wants. And so it's, um, you know, uh, in my opinion, you know, it's one of the, one of the great unknown superfoods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, when I started, and I already knew this, but when, to this morning when I was Googling it early this morning, uh, some of the stuff I came up with, and one of it was the eight benefits of sun gazing, stress relief, increased energy, reduced hunger cravings, reduced and releasing of mental physical blockages, improved mm-hmm. eyesight, uh, increases uh, the size of the pineal gland, uh, more production of serotonin and melatonin, and stimulation yeah. of the pineal gland. And so the pineal gland is a very important part of our health. Right. Yeah, it really is. And it's something, yes, it's very important. It's something that really gets um, kind of eschewed by medical, traditional medical science. But, you know, in, I would say within the last 15 years or so, there's been more research done on it. And it's a lot like, um, it's definitely a source of intuition, a sense of, you know, energetic sight for humans that, um, when taken care of and when stimulated properly can really aid in your, um, more complete awareness of the world around you rather than, um, when you ignore it, you know, you're kind of cutting off one of your natural senses. Yeah. And, and it also, um, the pineal gland uh, produces melatonin. And so it, a serotonin derived hormone, I'm reading this, which modulates mm-hmm. sleep patterns in both circadian and se- seasonal cycles. Um, and so there's some really, yeah. really funny stuff out there. And so when I was Googling it too, th- this will make everybody laugh. It says, is sunlight good for your balls? I was like, what in the heck? Why would that come up? But, uh, but uh, I'll just read it. It says heat exposure on testicles has been shown to reduce testosterone levels in rats. And so how did they do that? Did they take rats and like spread their legs and put them in the sun? I don't know. How did they do that observational study? Uh, but, but it does say too, though, um, that uh, that vitamin D from the sun also uh, helps with testosterone. So, um, and vitamin D helps with everything. I mean, vitamin D is absolutely critical for your immune system and your overall health. Period. Oh, and yeah. so, um, so many interesting things about uh, about getting out in the sun and getting. Uh, you know, proper exposure for so many things that make us healthy. But we've got about a minute and a half here, um, Autumn. What else do you want people to know, like really know about how to get in sync with the earth and yourself and what powers it possesses? 
Oh, I would just say that, you know, take it, take it slow and really, you know, try to build your awareness of the connection because once you do, there's not really any turning back and it's just such a much more beautiful place to find yourself and sync with everything that you're going to be around anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we're all, we're all people and we're on this earth and we're living this life and, you know, we're in the sun and all of this. So rather than treat ourselves as separate entities, you know, come together and realize that we're all, you know, we're all in this together. We're all part of the same creation and finding that peace within your environment around you will make it a lot easier to find peace within yourself and peace within your life. And that's really, that's really what makes life a lot more beautiful. Absolutely. And of course, Ramadasa, <laughs> you're going to share yeah. a mantra with us today. I act like I know it. I only heard about it this morning, you guys. But <laughs> Ramadasa is a mantra for the elements and connection with the earth. Autumn, could you please share it with us? We've got about 30 seconds. Yes, I'll go ahead and start it now. Close your eyes. Big, deep breath. Ramadasa. Well, happy Monday to you, and happy happy Monday to everyone out there listening. Uh, Autumn Conley, you can find her on social, One Life Radio 1, or uh, you can contact her, uh, meditatewithautumn at gmail.com. We've got Jason Harris coming up. I'm so excited. You guys are in for a treat. Stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to One Life Radio. Flashback blazers and ate all your razors while pulling the waders. Talking about Monroe and walking on Snow White. New York's a go-go and everything tastes nice. Poor little greenie. Get back on One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis, and I've got Jason Harris with us. Uh, he is the co-founder and CEO of Mechanism, an award-winning creative advertising agency whose clients include Ben & Jerry's, Peloton, OkCupid, Molson Coors, and Alaska Airlines. Under his leadership, Mechanism was named to Ad Ad Ages Agency A-List and twice to their best places to work. Mechanism was also named as one of Creativity's Creativity 50, and Jason Harris has been named in the top most influential social impact leaders as well as the 
four A's list of 100 people who make advertising great. Jason's national best-selling book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, highlights the 11 habits that you need to become more authentically or soulfully persuasive. His website is thesoulfulart.com. That's thesoulfulart.com or mechanism.com. Always a pleasure. Jason, welcome. Happy Monday. Hello. Happy Monday. It's great to be back with you guys. <laughs> it's always so good to have you on the show. It is. And I have to ask you, are you keeping your powder dry? <laughs> I'm doing what I... <laughs> yes, I am. I am trying to keep my powder dry. Are oh, you? my gosh. Uh, I'm great. I'm great. And it's always great to have you on the show. And I love that we're going to break your book down piece by piece or section by section and just really talk about it um, at length. I, I love that. So we're talking about your book, uh, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. And like I said, it's broken into four parts and they are original, generous, empathetic and soulful. So today we're digging into originality. Um, but first, can you tell us how you came to see these four attributes as the factors that are, that are necessary or needed to be persuasive? Yeah, sure. I mean, as you said in sort of the intro, I've been uh, an entrepreneur building my own business. You come from that background as well. And yep. I sort of, you know, for me, I look back at what, how did I uh, create success and what are the principles and attributes that I always follow in order to get where I am and be influential? And, you know, it really, to me, came down to those four principles coexisting and working together. And the one we're going to talk about today, you know, original, generous, empathetic, and soulful are the four. And original is really the way I started the book and the first principle which to me is, is what all the other principles are based on. And so for me, I, mm -hmm. when I wrote the book, I went back on, you know, these are the ideals that I have. I, 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 you know, live up to these and it created success for me. And I hope I can pass on that knowledge for other people. And so that's really how I came to them. Yeah, well, and, the, and the, the book is fantastic. It really is. Anyone out there looking for a great business book, uh, just a, a book of, full of wisdom about really not just not just a business book, but how to live your life because they they go they go together. It, in, in my opinion, you can't be a separate person as a businessman or woman and then be a separate person in your personal life. It needs to uh, it needs to be across the board. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think it's you know I always lived my life as uh, not showing, you know, trying to show up as the same person in all aspects of your life because it's too hard and complicated to have your work persona, your personal persona, your friend persona. That just gets really in the way and it's too complicated. And at some point in your life, you've got to bring everything together and always show up as the same person. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, you know, yeah. it's very difficult to be yourself, I think, for, for, for most people, because people can be so mean and hateful, you know, they can just be so insulting and judgmental. And so how do you feel like, what is the best way to not care what other people think? Oh, man, this is like the, this is something that, you know, you struggle with, everyone struggles with their whole life. And I think what you have to really sort of dig down and realize, and it's obviously as you get older, it's much easier uh, to, to sort of live your life without caring what anyone thinks. But, you know, to me, I sort of always, always go back to like, you know, 
it's hard for people to, to judge a situation they've never been in. It's hard for people mm. to walk in on your life story. The chapter that they walk in on, that's not, you know, your life. It's hard for people to, it's, it's, it's hard. It's unfair to be judged by where people walk into your life or, or how they know you. And so for me, I sort of just keep that in mind that you're the only person, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to care at that point what other people think. And so when you're thinking about your life and decisions you make and how you want to move through, you really have to think about doing it for yourself and that, you know, if other people have a problem with it, that's sort of on them. And it's easier Mm -hmm. said than done, but you have to just really be true to yourself and live your life the way you want to live it. And if you're in a situation, whether it's work or a relationship that isn't fulfilling and isn't making you happy, you know, you, you, you got to move on and you got to find that happiness for yourself because the best thing you can do for the rest of the world is to create a happy life for yourself. Cause that's going to influence the rest of the world. And you just have to kind of keep that in mind. If you're trying to make other people happy ahead of yourself, you know, you kind of got it backwards. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we all know that that guy or that woman, either one, guy or girl, that walks into the room and they are just so cool. They're so themselves. You know, they're easy, breezy. You can say anything to them. You know, that you know, just the cool person that enters the room. And but it's so difficult to get to that point for so many of us that we really don't give a darn what other people think about us. And I, I think it comes with practice. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. With just really practicing. I know you you address that in the book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, because it doesn't happen overnight. No, it does not happen overnight. It it you know, again, it's easier as you get older and you age. But I think anyone can practice these skills and I have some practical skills for people to sort of get to that sort of place. And I think, you know, being yourself is really the the best thing you can do. And one way to do that is Early on in your life or your career, try to write down, you know, keep a journal and try to write down what your belief system is and the things you care about. Uh, What's a mantra that you can have that you always want to live by? Write these things down, these principles. For me, the principles I wrote down that I always live by, they're in the book. But if Mm -hmm. you kind of do that, that's really useful to really um, being in your own skin and being comfortable with yourself and really understanding uh, what you stand for and believing those things and not trying to, to sway to what other be- people's belief systems are, but really try to find your own. And another great way is to really think about storytelling. And storytelling for me oh. really helps people find themselves. It's an art form and it's a great technique to show originality. And so think about stories in your life. What are key pivotal moments that you can tell people that you can relate to? So when that cool woman or man walks in the room and they seem to have it together and they are gregarious and people gravitate towards them. I guarantee you those people, they know what their values are and they have some stories to share with other people. And that storytelling techniques is really important. And you might not be a natural born storyteller, but you can learn to be one, you know, again, carry that journal around, write down interesting stories from your life, kind of memorize the first, line and the second or the first line and rather and the last line of your story and you know i love that that's what i yeah no no you know i i've i've had to do that in my life you know 
Um, well, I practiced and, it this morning. So I was rereading that in your book. You? I was, you know, about the storytelling and practicing it. So, um, and I, I, I get so excited when I, when I, um, I don't know, like tap into to a, a point that you're making because I do think it's so true. And I think that the more you practice it, um, but I've never really written it down. So I actually wrote it down today, uh, the beginning of my story. So you said, right, the beginning and then the end. The beginning of my story, I was standing at, at the fish counter at Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe I'll well, maybe I'll save the story for after the break, but and I pardon the interruption. I want to hear I'm this so story. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you yeah. after the break. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> leave right, you so leave good. you hanging for a minute and create a little. Right, uh, cool. You know what am I creating? A little mystery there. <laughs> but right, um, we're gonna go to break. <laughs> More coming up with Jason Harris, you guys. Uh, the Soulful Art of Persuasion, the 11 habits that will make anyone a master influencer. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. More David Bowie there for Jason Harris, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis and Jason Harris. Uh, he is the author of The Social Art of Persuasion, The 11 Habits That Will Make Anyone a Master Influencer. He is also the co-founder and CEO of Mechanism, an award-winning creative advertising agency whose clients include Ben & Jerry's, Peloton, OkCupid, Molson Coors, and Alaskan Airlines. Uh, Jason's national best-selling book, like I said, The Social Art of Persuasion, highlights the 11 habits that you need to become more authentically or soulfully <laughs> persuasive, and one of them is storytelling right Jason that's exactly right and you're about to tell me a story <laughs> okay uh of okay. following the method of writing writing down the first and and first and last part of the story so you can really learn right well, I, I, I love telling stories. I always have. I don't know where I get it from. I'm probably my, both of my parents, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And, and my father was very gregarious. You used that word earlier. I, I, would, I would best describe my father as that. And he really did love life and people. And I think I kind of picked up on some of that. But so here's the story. I was standing at the fish counter at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just having right. a conversation with the, with, the, with the fish guy, you know, and then I, you know, shared what I wanted. And then I sat there quietly or stood there quietly. 
And seconds after I stopped talking, a guy said, Bernadette. And I said, I turned and I looked at him and I said, yes. And I said, I don't know you. How do you know my name? And he goes, I recognize your voice. And I said, what do you mean? No he goes, I listened to you. Yes. And it was the first time. And so, um, and, and, and he said, um, I recognize your voice. You're, you're on One Life Radio. And I said, oh my gosh, are you serious? And, and he said, yeah. I mean, it was like someone gave me a billion dollars, Jason. I was so thrilled and just so complimented that someone recognized me or my voice. And anyway, so I asked him what he did. He was a, a coach at SMU. And I asked him how he heard about the show originally. And, uh, and this is the interesting part for you anyway, but I still have never verified it. He said, he, he said well, Tim Ferriss mentioned you, mentioned you on his podcast. And I was like, no way. You've got to be kidding me. I said, you must be mistaken. Because, you know, Tim Ferriss is so huge. And I, this was like four years ago. And, and I still don't know if it's true, but I tell you, I floated out of the store. I was so thrilled oh, <laughs> to be great, validated in this I industry. That. I mean, yeah, radio is so crazy. And it's just like any industry, it's very competitive. And just, just to know that someone listened and, and, and that was, you know, a coach. And that's when we did a lot more talk about football and sports and just, you know, um, you know, I'm, uh, what the International Society of Sports Nutrition, Dr. Joey Antonio was a regular on the show and he attracts a lot of coaches and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, that's my story, but I never did write the ending line. So how do I do that? How do I end the story? Well, well, what do you try, you know, you got to think about if you're, if it's your audience, what are you trying to convey with that story that your audience would relate to that someone you're telling the story to would relate to? It might be that, you know, if, if you recognize someone, you can make someone's day by saying something like, this guy could have heard your voice and never said anything, right? So maybe part right. of the story that you're trying to convey is, hey, if you, if you can brighten someone's day, do it. And that might be the outcome of the story that you want to say. So yeah. you figure out the end from there, you kind of work backwards with what is the point of the story that you're trying to convey to someone and then you know, write that story based on ending it with what you're trying to convey to your audience, yeah. you know, another, you could take that story another way, which is that, uh, you know, the power of, of referrals. And you could talk about this guy heard me on this place and then referred me. And then I got a new, you know, so there's different things you can take that use with that story. But if you sort of have a list of these stories and instead of having them go in your brain and out and you write them down, you know, when you can pull those stories, when the moment strikes you, uh, and, and that just gives you more confidence. It allows you to be yourself because you're telling stories that are meaningful to you, that are experiences that you've mm -hmm. had. And then they'll convey to the audience a set of beliefs that you have. And so, you know, I, I always I talk about this in the book, but there's a historian, um, Yuval Noah Harari, who said the difference between us and chimpanzees, the mysterious glue that enables millions of humans to cooperate effectively it's that glue. It's not that our genes are so much different. It's that we trade on stories. Like that is our evolution. That is how we learn. That is how we teach. That is how we connect with humans. It's all about storytelling. And part of being an original is knowing that you have stories at your disposal. They can also be stories from books that you love. They might have metaphors or allegories or, or something that you're trying to convey or your favorite movie, you know, whatever your favorite movie is, that might convey something to someone. So it's not, it could be known stories or it could be personal stories, but sort of having mm -hmm. a journal with a list of these stories that you can have at the ready 
um, is part, I think, of conveying your originality, the things that make you you, your likes, your dislikes, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I think that we learn it. You know, I said that at the beginning, we learn it at home. Don't you have, I know in our family we did, we always had like the family story or the family, there's many of them, or family sayings that you repeat over time. And it's almost how, how you pass on traditions. Like um, I'm trying to think of some of them that I wouldn't be embarrassed to say. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Don't you have, don't you have yeah. stories in your family? Yeah. Like the Uncle Joe Christmas yeah. story, you know, or whatever, or the, you know, Uncle Harry a Hanukkah story. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Yeah. We, 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 we have those stories. And then I also have like, um, storytelling devices that I pass on to, to my kids. So we have, uh, you know, something that was original to what I do with me, me and my boys I have two boys is we do, um, five minute rap battles. And so when we're on <laughs> vacation somewhere, we'll pick a, we'll pick a topic and then we'll set a timer for five minutes and everyone has five minutes to write write down a, a rap based on the subject and that's an original oh, piece gosh, of creative content. Yeah. The rap is about your point of view on the word. And then we, you know, select a winner and that's like a, I love having traditions like family traditions like that, uh, that you yeah. pass on, but you know, that's, that's part of me teaching my kids to, you know, be, be a little more fearless and a little more original and a little more creative. And so, you know, I, I use a lot of those types of techniques um, oh, with, great, with, with my kids to pass it on. Yeah. That, that's a great story. And that's actually really great advice because it's accomplishing all those things. It really is. And you're connecting with your kids, how much creating memories that they'll take with you, with them uh, uh, and you as you get older. But I mean, uh, it, it's all beautiful. It really is. And that's why stories, Storytelling is so important, as you point out in your book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. And so um, uh, is there anything else you want us to know about storytelling that's really important uh, to remember? Yeah, I do have um, – I have sort of a three-step process on storytelling, um, which is it's – it's called awareness, analysis, and adaptation. And so what, that's sort of what I was getting at when you were telling your story. Awareness is thinking about – what you want people to pay attention to in your story, what you're trying to convey. Analysis is sort of uh, how, you know, in, in conversation, how are you going to convey that story? You can kind of practice it, again, memorize the first and last line, and then adapt the story based on uh, who your audience is and what you're trying to convey. And I think, you know, for me, uh, I had the storytelling was something, I, it was a learned behavior. You know, I didn't, I wasn't born some gregarious master storyteller. That's something that mm -hmm. I really had to learn uh, and practice. And I think, um, you know, there's techniques in the book that you, anyone can learn them. It's, it's really practice. It's like learning anything. If you do it enough times, you're going to get good at it. And so, um, yeah. yeah, that's really, you know, originality is really about being yourself and then explaining what your belief system is by learning to be yeah. a great storyteller. Well, how that story came up yesterday is I've never told that story before, never on the air. I, I think I've maybe told Marie that story before, just when we were talking about yeah. radio business. But uh, it came up because uh, someone asked me who's on the show tomorrow, and I said Jason Harris. And then I also had one of Ryan Holiday, his books uh, nearby, who's a friend of yours, too. I didn't know that um, until I love um, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
I love him. He's been on the show too, but now Tim has not. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, and that's, I said, Oh, let me tell you a funny story, uh, about, about Tim Ferriss. Cause then he brought up Tim Ferriss and, and that's how the story got told. But I thought I may tell that story to Jason tomorrow. And that's why I told it. But, um, but it's oh, so great that. having you on the show. It is. It's so great. And I don't want this to end. And I see that the, I'm going to hear the music here in just a minute and I'm going to have to get right. the field goal there. There it is. I knew it. <laughs> well, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you for the next three uh, installments of the book, which I'm excited I know. about. I know. I can't. Talk I am excited too. I'm super excited, and thank you so much for jumping on the air with us and taking the time. I really appreciate it. You have an amazing week, Jason, uh, to you and your family. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, and thanks to you and Ronaldo for playing those uh, Bowie hits. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep doing that too. <laughs> because All right, that's good, good right? <laughs> you got to make good. your guests feel All comfortable. Right. It's like uh, it's entertainment, right? Oh, my gosh. I need to chill out here. So (laughs) I got to kick the field goal. Everyone, you know what? You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. So be original.